And welcome back to The Run Through, your favorite figure skating podcast where we talk about all things that made us kiss, made us cry, and made us really want some strawberry dessert. I always want I some. Am, <laughs> I am Ashley Wagner, one of your hosts. I'm Adam Rippon, one of your hosts. I only want it if my grandpa's making it on the same cutting board where he smashes his medicines on. And um, with us, as always, is Hungry for Dessert, Sarah Hughes. Not Hungry for Dessert. And a person who actually definitely has a grandfather who takes heart medication, where some people, we're not sure if they do, in fact, have that grandfather. Right. Well, yours exist. exists. Mine exists, is what I'm saying. Some people I love a little mystery story might not. and figure skating. Well, would a court think it exists? Because that's what would be important if a court thinks your grandfather exists. I think I could prove it. All right. Well, that's up to the court but, to decide, you know, actually. As I'm learning, it's harder to prove your grandfather exists than I once thought it would be. <laughs> you I wouldn't think that, but yes. I love how sassy this report got the further in yes. you got into reading it. You could tell that whoever was responsible for writing it up was just like, this shit is so dumb. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we are obviously talking about uh, the court documents being released from the Camilla Valieva case. Um, where she says that um, she was, well, basically she says that she brought the strawberry dessert onto a train from Moscow to St. Petersburg that her grandfather prepared on a cutting board that he smashes his medicine and maybe he dropped tryptotazamine into the strawberry dessert and that this is the only thing she ate for four days. And then that's why she has a positive test. Papa is so clumsy like that, you know. <laughs> and she brought juggling. the dessert. And she brought the dessert cross country on a train mm-hmm. from Moscow to St. Petersburg in mm-hmm. the same carriage as renowned weight loss show critic mm-hmm. Terry Tutbaritse, her coach, right. mm-hmm. and put it in a refrigerator on the train. Yes. And then mm-hmm. ate little bits of it throughout the national championships in St. Petersburg, which is how it was still in her sample on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That well, is the story that has been spun. <laughs> right. well, that is how the we've strawberry the dessert tea. crumbles. What happened with the tea? Were they like, this isn't sticking, so we got to make this believable. Well, yeah, because it was water, right? They were saying that he maybe like had some backwash into her water or drank out of the same water as her. I believe what happened with this was that... That she um, was doping. (laughs) That was a big part of it, actually. Huge part part of it was that none of this feels true. But Mm -hmm. I think the reason the story changed was that basically... Because she was drug tested four days after she left Moscow, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this wouldn't still be in your system unless you were taking whole pills. So to explain why there were trace amounts of it in the sample four days later, she had to figure out a way that his pills came with her to St. Petersburg. 
mm-hmm. and therefore she was eating it right before she got drug tested, not four days earlier. I mean, I wish there was a strawberry dessert that I could just have little pieces of, and I'd go, "God damn, my yeah, heart is." Yeah, Camilla wishes that too. Than ever, yeah. Camilla never was allowed why... to eat a strawberry dessert. <laughs> I want to know why they went with the dessert. Yeah, you know, like give go with a vegetable that's... seasoning. Yes. Go some, with some uh, an amino drink from GNC. Anything than dessert. Blame Big Pharma. I don't know. But they didn't blame blame Big Pharma. I know. I mean, I think, is it possible that her fake grandfather used to make her, and he is her sort of fake grandfather, right? Because he's been dating. He's like not related to her by blood. Um, But he is, she has a grandfather, granddaughter relationship with him. But Mm -hmm. I, I mean, is it possible that he makes her strawberry dessert sometimes? Sure. Absolutely. Do I think that that is the way that this got into her system after this report listed 60 different medications that they were drugging a 15 year old up with? No, the list is so mind numbing, horrifying, horrifying. And to just kind of put it out there and just leave it out there as if she's just knowingly taking this like the fact that there were 60 different medications and substances in her system that were you know available to discover with that sample like that's just what we know she was taking Mm -hmm. it's and then just to say like yeah a 14 year old knows to take this i mean no she doesn't or where does a 14 15 year old get access to even finding these things or fine it's just it's not well it's and i don't i don't think scary. they're saying that she went off on her own to get all 60 of these and decided to take them i think they were saying like oh the team prescribed all of this stuff to her and all of it's quote unquote legal within wada but it's just like okay i mean well right i just i cocktail make of- that if there's already 60 things in her that she's been prescribed by a team it's just so obvious that what's one more medication that just happens to be banned for them to prescribe to her. It just clearly demonstrates that this is a large-scale doping system. I mean, you, the thing to me from the whole like reading reactions has been that it's very sad and scary to me how some of these people seem very brainwashed into this of like, athletes need to this is like a julian quote of athletes need to take heart medication because you know there's a handful of athletes in russia that just drop dead every year um because they're not getting like heart support and so people are diagnosed with this condition of like athlete's heart where they get put on heart medication quite often it seems like which i've never heard of athlete's heart i've heard of athlete's foot i've had that um and there's really also, no dessert that can cure it. Heart, go get a TUE. Go get a TUE, a therapeutic use exemption, and then it's legal. But because athlete's heart is not a real thing and the way they're treating it is not legal, you can't go about this in any way that's credible. I feel like she would have been better off to just stick with, I have no idea how that got in my system. But yes. I don't. I don't know. I guess like you're trying to prove that it was an accident and it's just like oof, this was not the best explanation i've ever heard 
I mean, and I don't think it could get much worse. Like, if I had to think of, like, what's the worst explanation I could give, this is... A, this would be along the lines of one of the worst things I could come up with. <laughs> Strawberry dessert. Well, it's just not believable. You know, I think especially in the environment that she's in, that she was eating dessert at all, let alone in front of her coach on a long train ride. Right. Or like carrying it in a like <laughs> in a secure bag. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Or that trains have... I don't know, refrigerators that you can store things in. Well, that might be the easiest part of the story to prove. <laughs> I don't know. I heard that and was like, doubt it. <laughs> what was the part of the, yeah, what was the part of the report that it's it said, essentially, it, it used the word inherently implausible. <laughs> that, yes. an athlete, <laughs> that an athlete at this level would take a homemade dessert with her across Russia. <laughs> It's just, and it is. It's just so implausible. The whole thing is Mm -hmm. just, and I do want to say, like, reading some of this, they were really hard on her in terms of Mm -hmm. what her responsibilities are as an athlete to be diligent about what is going in her body. Like, they had some, like, pretty harsh things that, this is why... It's tough to see 15-year-olds competing at this level because mm-hmm. you do have to treat them the same as you would treat an adult who's competing in the same event. Yeah. The accountability has to be the same. But what they're some of the stuff that they're saying of like she's taking all these unnecessary risks and she was not responsible for like she wasn't doing I don't know. They they said some pretty like harsh things. And it's like Yeah. If you expected that of any other 15-year-old, you'd be like, you're out of your mind. This kid is like... She's 15. She can't can't keep track of all this stuff. She's like, you know, it's kids who are not trying to go to the Olympics can't, like, don't keep track of anything that they're doing. Like, their brains aren't fully developed. They can't even financially provide for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it is. it was some of it... I don't want to say it was hard to read. I think that they... I'm happy that they're enforcing the rules the way that they're supposed to. I'm happy that they're enforcing them the same for everybody. It's just that's why it's sort of it's just, a relief it's that they've changed this read. competition eligibility age because, and even 17 is really young for the kind of accountability that's expected of you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 15 is just, I just really it's felt tough. for her reading this whole thing. And it's it's hard to read also because she is the sole person that's being blamed in this report because that's what the system is created to do. But it's so obvious that it's the adults around her that are so responsible for the position that they put her in as a 15-year-old who can't really, I mean, you can't give informed consent really at 15. And just the power dynamic between her and the professionals around her she was set up to fail and it's heartbreaking but she does have to be treated according to the rules of every other athlete uh so it's just a it's a really like you said adam uncomfortable it's uncomfortable because what's happening is exactly what needs to happen this is how any other athlete would be dealt with 
Um, but it's just, you know, we can reasonably look at this and be like, this was a child who was put in this situation who is now ha- having to deal with this sort of situation of this court case and the attention and everybody having some sort of opinion or, or um, you know, funny joke about a-, a dessert. Like, this is now will follow her the rest of her career, yeah. the rest of her life. And this is because of people who were around her and who failed her. And have had no actual consequences for their actions other than their students currently can't compete in international competition but that's not because of their own actions that's because of the ongoing war in ukraine like it's just insane that there's been no punishment it did feel like there were a few like big figure skating russian figures who um were not on a Terry's side and were what a very certain point. upset. Like, when are you going to stop standing behind her? This is just like athlete after athlete where something suspicious has happened. It feels like this is, um, I mean, it shouldn't be like the, the <laughs> like banning of a 15 year old that is the beginning of the end, but it feels like um, this is like the tides might be turning. Yes. As they say in sports. In Russia. As they say in Russia, the tides may be turning. But probably not. But they might be. They might be. Um, I wanted to say something else that I can't remember. Take it away, Sarah. <laughs> well, this is, I think, yes, the adults all failed around her. But what I'm talking about with like the accountability of the 15-year-old is like the structure of the sport fails someone by letting them in at all when they're not able to really be responsible for themselves. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I Mm -hmm. think that you have to ask yourself a question of like, okay, if we're going to set a doping code that all the accountability is on an athlete, then do we need to make sure that every eligible athlete is of the age and capability to take on that kind of accountability? And I think they haven't, there, it wasn't thought out that way. Mm-hmm. Like they have some provisions in the World Anti-Doping Code about quote protected persons being people or six under sixteen, but it's just obviously that didn't work out for her to be a protected person in the code. Like I, I just mm-hmm. I don't know. And then you, yeah. but it's hard because if you look at Camilla and the way that she skates, I mean, obviously we don't really know because you know, different drugs that she was taking. Um, But she was one of the best skaters in the world. Totally. And so it's, you end up in this conversation of like, well, okay, do we keep them out because they can't be responsible for themselves and we can't hold them to the same standards as the adults who are also competing? Or do we let them in because we truly want the Olympics to be the best of the best and we want the best person to win no matter how old they are? I mean, it's been a conversation even before changing the age to 17. Like in 2006, Maui Sada was the Grand Prix final champion. She beat Irina Slutskaya, who's the reigning world champion, heading into the Olympics in Torino. And there was this big conversation of, you know, she's missing the cutoff by just a few days, a few weeks. And um, is it fair that Maui Sada winning the Grand Prix final, that she can't even compete at the Olympics when arguably she has the potential to win so it's always that conversation of like what's fair, but I 
I, I really see your point and do agree that if you're asking somebody to take on this giant responsibility of you are fully accountable for all of your actions and this and that, that like that needs to be like an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there need to be some kind of provisions in the code for people who are not adults that are beyond what exists now in the code mm-hmm. of like there needs to be accountability accountability written into the code for the people around those young kids if you're going to let them compete because skating rates its age but not every sport has an age you know Mm -hmm. there are still sports Mm -hmm. that let them in younger there are some sports that don't have an age minimum or maximum Um, yeah i mean i think skateboarding it's like 13 or something like like that which is insanely young right and so but there's nothing in the code really to protect them Mm -hmm. from the people around them you know being responsible about what goes into their bodies yeah agreed well i want to move on to something that um i think is tied to this but also untied to this wait before we move on i do want to give one shout out to christine brennan who wrote one of the funniest news stories i have (laughs) ever read about the strawberry dessert where she is clearly just so like over the ridiculousness of this whole thing. And at one point, I mean, she has a line in there that's like nary a mention of shortcake or tart. (laughs) (laughs) I love the usage of nary. Yes. Um, So I just wanted to say that, that that story brought me a lot of joy and thank you to Christine Adam Please go on. Okay, wait. So another thing that Christine brought joy to me, she always does, but um, another moment where I felt, oh, this is a lot of joy I'm feeling, um, was when it, you would see her on multiple news networks and she'd be in the same outfit and she'd always use the line of, I haven't even had time to shower. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's dedicated to this even in costume. And so yes. I just, I, I appreciate that level of intensity. Well, when you're working tirelessly. And you're not showering. Let everyone know. It's the only way to deal with international crime. Honestly, you got to appreciate her for just sticking to with it, you know? Oh, she's sticking to with it, for sure. To with it. (laughs) Sticking to with it. A true journalist. Adam, are you going to move us on to something not related to doping? Yes. Well, it's like adjacent to. Oh. What's adjacent to doping? Well, so... Um, I was thinking of that, like, you know, in light of uh, the ISU still doubling down on their bad math, um, that what was I going to say? Oh, my God. Oh, doubling down on their their... bad math. They double down on their bad math and they go right to awarding skaters to the ISU awards, which I do think is very funny that they're like, nope, we actually don't want to change these results, but we do want to go ahead with our award show. Well, they are going to lose if Canada sues them. I really they, think that they will. The oh, rules yes. are pretty Absolutely. clear. And this doubling down statement that they put out is not a good explanation of why they did what they did. No. <laughs> the ISU awards also kind of are in need of a better explanation, I would right. say. But Ashley, who votes? It's fan voting. So it's just, you yeah. know. Okay. It's just fan. Where do you so sub- some of the fans sub- actually owe ma- us some explanations. <laughs> yes. Where do you, I want to know because I I'm curious. Well, my favorite thing about all of this is that like yes, I'm a hater, and yes, I didn't vote for anything. 
So <laughs> I missed submission season. So yeah, it's um. I mean, coach of the year, lol. <laughs> um, yeah, scary. Scary. When are they going to revoke the pre? Was it last year? When? Oh, when right. did Terry win coach of the year? They need to take that award back. I think it was the year before the Olympics. Ah. Right. Which okay. Wait, I do want also, one of these trophies, though. They're kind of cute. Well, you should you should submit yourself and then vote for yourself. Okay. That okay. would be a start. A party of one. Well, it'd be a party of three. Me and Sarah would vote for you. We're fans. Yeah, we would. Oh, thank you. Okay, I was going to say it's not a guarantee. Well, it would be a guarantee <laughs> that we would vote for you. Well, it would depend okay. if if like we went up against each other in the same category. I mean, that. Could oh, who become... would win? I, honestly, based on your fan reaction at national, Sarah, Sarah, you would win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I um some of my I fan heard reaction was screaming. Is that not Olympic champion, Sarah? <laughs> yes. Hughes? Yeah, you but got... some of them were screaming that just so they could come up to me and say, "I don't like your ice dance opinions." <laughs> oh, don't worry. So... Some people have been like, "Oh my God, are you Adam Rippon?" and then gone and said i'm not really a fan of your skating they've that so that does <laughs> yeah. happen it's just the initial reaction yeah. of same experience of, yeah yeah but you and could... people often to me go hey are you gracie gold and then i have to awkwardly <laughs> explain to them that i'm the other one <laughs> it's a, what i do get often as i go oh my god you're the skier and i go nope i'm the other gay athlete um <laughs> So that does happen. There's only two in the whole well, wide there, world. There is only two. Yes, that is the they're only there's only legally um, allowed to be two, which you'll also find yeah. out in court when Canada takes. Yeah, you're actually grandfathered ISC. in because after. Well, I'm you the grandfather. Out, I'm making desserts. I'm giving them to the athletes. I'm putting them on a train. Strawberry. Yeah, Gus <laughs> is taking them on cross country t- train trips all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's he's a, the train conductor. It's a double act. Choo choo. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. Some uh, interesting awards. Most entertaining program. That was a good award. Who won? Adam Xiao Him Fa. Okay. Which I would agree with that completely. For which like program? Was, it shows a picture of his free skate, but again. Well, it could okay, be anything. So it's probably him. It's probably the free skate. Yeah. Yeah, but very broad, very vague. Um, okay, costume of the year. This is where I, w- I went, hmm, I don't think so. I want to pick it. Where are ISU headquarters? What's the address? Luzon, Switzerland. I'm going. You're there. They also showed two photos of her. Two of different her- dresses. Luna won best costume. Yes. Which program? And listen. The short. The long. That's the oh, long, long costume. That's right, the long. Yes. Oh, the short. I'd be like, okay, yeah. contender. The heavy jeweled gloves, and she had like the bejazzled like panty underneath yeah. the skirt. Whereas, like, we don't we bejazzle everything else, just not that. And also, I her short dress is great. Like, I love that's that, what I was that's... saying. That I would actually understand. Right. I think they might have been like, there's not enough fabric for this to qualify as a costume, so we can't legally enter it. That's true. And they are all about the legality 
of what is good and what is so not good. So straight-laced, the ISU. If we were going to um, compete in a category, what is the name of the category that we should try to win? I think that we should kind like of... Like the three of us? Yeah. I was thinking, I told this to... I thought this was funny and nobody else did, a.k.a. Sarah and my husband. And I was like, <laughs> "What? wouldn't it be funny if I won fattest ass? Like, they just have, like... Um, you know, best program, best costume, fattest ass. Adam Rippon wins. Like, I think that's. And <laughs> again, no one laughs. kind of staring right. blankly, similar to how JP and I were doing. Right. I just Whatever. I want to know how you arrived at funny. Well, because I was just like, it would be funny <laughs> to me. Is it fun- specifically? But you, but see, it's only. not funny ironic because you. Do- it's not funny, haha. It's funny, he he. It's very well. It's very he him funny me (laughs) (laughs) to me (laughs) all right well you win there you go no thank you um yeah that's kind of for you thank you i don't it wasn't like a fully thought out um i as soon as you said it i i arrived at that as i was saying it i went don't do that and i kept doing it and that's why you should listen to yourself i wasn't i was not listening to myself the (laughs) next thing i think we should talk about is the stars and ice tour being canceled this year that's such a bummer ashley do you have any thoughts on this i have some okay i have i have a lot of thoughts first of all am i surprised that this has happened not in the slightest Mm -hmm. because i think that their approach for many many seasons has been really ostracizing to their main audience i think this rigidity in the kind of skater that is allowed to skate at stars on ice does them no like it's a complete disservice to entertainment and when they brought in elage to skate for the canadian tour Mm -hmm. i thought that was brilliant like they finally let someone else in that didn't necessarily have a major title and he's such a performer and i felt like that was a really great move but they they hold on to uh skaters needing to have a major title and people who have major titles aren't always the best performers mm-hmm. and so they need to like do a little mix i think the biggest problem that i see with the formula that they have is that they advertise within their own space of like you need to be following the stars on ice social media accounts and maybe you'll hear about it at a nationals, maybe not. I mean, when we were at nationals, I didn't hear anything about stars and ice states. I didn't hear anything about a well, upcoming that's tour. There were none. Well, that but is... in past years, I don't think you but would have heard years, a lot no. either. No, I think right. part of it, part of the problem is that skaters themselves won't commit to the tour early enough. That's I... a problem. <laughs> I mean, I... I I don't know if that's it. I think now though, the skaters that they're trying to bring on are also reaching out a little bit further into the skating show community and so if using that logic like yeah I would hold out for um, an international tour that would pay me more because just budget wise it's not it was never my highest paying show and I think that that really limits them as far as who they can get mm-hmm. um, but also they're too expensive. It's too expensive for a family of four to go to a show. Right. And I think they keep on holding on to this skating in the 90s, early 2000s kind of mindset where they think people will come in and spend hundreds of dollars on a ticket. But they skating's just not 
but you know what like numbers anymore. like i remember and i think that i i like went and i watched the stars on ice and ashley you were in it this was after like 2018 this is maybe like 2019 because it was like not pandemic and i hadn't like skated in a while i hadn't seen skating in a while um and i went to the show and i sat and i watched everybody and i just remember thinking like wow skate like skating is so cool to watch the show for even like you know there's only a few group numbers here or there um it was still i enjoyed being there it was cool to see such good skating to see everybody out there and performing like you don't need to be a skater or in skating to enjoy a stars on ice and i really believe that like when we were in columbus you could see the effect that local promotion had on people showing up Mm -hmm. to nationals like i don't think that they do enough to promote the tour i don't think they do enough locally i don't i think that they're they could be doing so much that people could win free tickets at a nationals or at a skate america i think that they they could be promoting it on the local news like months and months in advance like there there's just there's absolutely a way for it to be a successful tour and I think the skaters deserve that. They deserve to have this like stars on ice thing. They deserve to be, you know, on a summer tour and be announced as a national champion for the first time. And yeah. I and and you know, like I think that in the big skating towns, like Ashley, when we we when we would skate in a show in Anaheim, you'd get all of like you know the San Diego, the L.A., everybody. So yeah. like that, that we would you know almost fill up the Honda Arena. Um, and then we would sometimes do a show in a smaller town and it would be like just a few rows. And it didn't need to be like that because Stars and Ice was, if they just had promoted it, they could have gotten a, gotten a ton. They could have gotten, is what I, this is what I'm saying in the press <laughs> they release. They could have gotten it. They could have gotten a lot of people. They could have gotten a lot of local people into those yeah. seats just to enjoy it well, for they, the day. I think their mindset is they've already sold the show, right? Like the rink has the the local rink that this is being hosted at has already bought the show. So they've made their money on the show. I don't know like a ton about contracts, but I think that's a little bit of the mindset between the lack of advertising and they leave it up to the location to advertise for the show. And so that's why you don't end up seeing that much because they don't know how to like mobilize. Uh, it's just bad PR. Local it's really community. bad PR. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's it, not even close you have to, to being good. In your show and people have to know it's in town. The number of they times need to that, capitalize like, would, on Usher performing on skates in the Super Bowl to advertise skating. Hire yes. Usher <laughs> and have Usher get Usher to do Stars on Ice. Lead the show. Let him be the first Shirtless. person in the U.S. tour to not have a major title. Yeah. Oh. What major ISU title does Usher have? He doesn't have one. He's gonna win an ISU award for me next but year he was yeah he was skating in rydell's <laughs> he was did you notice yeah. that well i got um an email from rydell about how they designed the boots oh, oh that's cool let me triple check this email <laughs> <laughs> it's from just a man named rydell <laughs> she, yes. she's just making oh that up. is cool i was scared of how quickly yes. they came on yes, and came did. off so i was thinking how they couldn't have been tied properly. Um, did you see him almost fall? Of course I did. But I was well, also and there was one so of the other dancers around skills. him did fall. What? Yeah, uh, we d- I don't when they think we oh, could see that on TV. Okay. I was um, Oh wait, wait let's give let's, context. Let's remind 
the audience? Right. Sarah was at the Super Bowl. Working at the Super Bowl because Sarah has a real job in sports. (laughs) That's true. Um, Mm -hmm. Although sometimes it feels fake, like in this case. Um, But yeah, so I had a, I was in the press box so I was really high up. So I kind of had like a more of an aerial view of what was happening rather than like the TV view where they have like the cool camera angles and stuff. Um, And so when he first came on, on the skates, they, um, you know, this, the stage had like a center circle and then kind of it splayed out almost like a Tootsie roll is kind of what it looked like. Um, Mm -hmm. And so anyway, the center circle is where they were on the skates and he was in the middle. And then all these, um, there were maybe, I don't know, seven to 10 dancers that came around to be on the perimeter of the circle. And they were all like skating into place. And one of them fell almost immediately when they got on. But I didn't, I guess that that wasn't on the TV angle. I never saw it. It wasn't Rydell's fault. They just weren't practiced enough. Right. It was another uh, skate manufacturer's fault who we we will find out. I'm sure um, it was like someone who was, I mean, nervous to be doing this, the Super Bowl. I'm sure they were like, if you want to dance in the Super Bowl, you have to be able to roller skate. And they're like, I can, I can roller skate. I can speak French. I said, I'm fluent in German for my entire (laughs) career. (laughs) Did you say that your entire career? Yes, I did. And then Tatiana would come up to me speaking to she me stopped in- saying it later in her career you never said well, that when i was working on skating it was it not, had it was snowballed out of control at that point and she was trying to reel it back in and it was too late i took four years of german in high school but you know it's a high school education in german or That's in anything really- if you don't makes- practice it you speaking german use it or lose it baby your german is camilla's dessert the the doesn't exist the lie <laughs> that spun out of control <laughs> yeah oh no yeah i speak german i can just how did you say like who volunteers that information my mother <laughs> yeah no she can speak Ger- ashley speak german she pushes you forward type type it in type it in you can speak german <laughs> oh right because it's in the it's you just do the little it's like the ISU, isu survey bio. thing That's for right. your bio yeah 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 and, and then you I can just, just put in whatever it. And then I left home at 18 and was like, I'm taking my story back. <laughs> yeah, but you kept, not the German, though. You, you no, also... but I was like, that's kind of true, I guess. <laughs> you went, Actually, that's kind of cute. Yeah, I speak and German. And then I went, Folder of Los Angeles. Folder of Go- get ready with me while I perform get... an Irish step dancing. I get ready with me for my Irish step, Irish step dancing, dancing competition. competition. <laughs> God, I want to go to one of those so bad. I just want to. I'm I, sure we could find one. Before we move one. on from the Super Bowl, can yeah. we just talk about Usher for like a hot second? I think we should. More than that. Oh my God. First of all, and it is going to be a hot how... second because oh my God. I'm pregnant all over again. He Baby looks number two. the same as Baby he did two. when that Confessions album came out. It's so beautiful. 20 years ago. Yeah, he looks oh the same. God. It's incredible. Yeah. And the dancing is like amazing. And I also was. Okay, two two extreme emotions. One, beaming Fear. with Atlanta pride. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Between him and Ludacris and Lil John being out there, and they did say honest, "Peace up, A Town no Down," and he and did now like that you're the, saying that, huh? I'm realizing. That did you not realize that. that's what A Town no. Down was? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, well, and when you texted me, I'm beaming without. 
Alabama. Oh, my God. <laughs> Atlanta pride. Yes. I was like, yeah, love Atlanta. Yeah, all those all those guys are from Atlanta. Um, and so cool. yeah, so they say the piece up A-Town down at the beginning of yeah is a reference to Atlanta. And then at the end of the performance, Usher was saying like something like I brought A to the world or the world to A or something like that. It was hard to exactly hear what he was saying, but he was talking about Atlanta again. So love that. Mm-hmm. That's my one positive extreme emotion. Okay. Oh, there's other a than, negative? Other than, other than thirst. And then my my extreme negative emotion is anger at Justin Bieber for sitting on his ass in the stadium instead of going out there and performing somebody to love like I deserved. That actually did shake me to my core because I, I was just thinking like it it's – it, it's the You're only there. thing that makes sense. You're already there. It's such a missed just... opportunity. Everyone loves that song. Like, and they have, I love them as a duo. Like Usher discovered and Justin Bieber. That's the story. Yes. He discovered him. Justin moved from Canada to Atlanta. They both lived in this suburb very near where I grew up. What? I once yes. saw Justin Bieber in the car next to me while I was at a what? red light in my hometown. When he was really We've young. We've been friends for so long and you didn't open with that? You didn't know? <laughs> Ashley, you don't... What? Is I don't it, do know Do they not anything. tell these stories in Germany? That's not a surprise to this podcast. Your native tongue? <laughs> no, Sarah's been speaking to me in German, which is why I had no idea that was going on. <laughs> yeah, I told you that one in German. No, you know what happened? He had Stars on Ice budget left and Justin was like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't make this. it work. I'm going to stay in my seat. You're going to have to cancel the tour. <laughs> no, that made me so upset. That he Me didn't too. perform with him. I was, I mean, I was waiting, and then when it was over, I was like, "No, he with uh, like every performer that came out, I was just like, oh, Justin Bieber is next. He's next.'" And then when the music started kind of ending, I was like, "It can't be over." And I was. know, and so I was just, I was sad about that. Yeah, me too. I was really it was sad also about just that. Over too soon. I wanted it to keep going. Yeah, I wanted instead one or of, two more songs instead of the Super Bowl. I would have just preferred to be at an Usher concert, I think. Yeah, well, I think you're not the only person in the world who feels like that. I mean, that's why the Super Bowl does so well on TV. It has something for everybody. Yeah. I love the Super Bowl, by the way. It's just sports. It's good. It's a fun thing, even if you don't know what's going on. It's good. I'm not the biggest. I'm a huge college football fan. I'm not a huge, passionate NFL fan. Just like I work on it some, but I don't. I'm not like a passionate fan, mm-hmm. but you don't feel that the way for in, the Falcons that you do for the dogs. I'm not a saying. Falcons fan. I'm a Packers fan, but um, my parents are from Wisconsin. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm giving you a face because you got so sassy so fast. Yeah. Well, okay. But that you did. <laughs> you may not have known the story of me seeing Justin Bieber in a car when I was 16, but you definitely, definitely knew that my parents are from Wisconsin. <laughs> No, that I know um, for a fact. I didn't tell you that I'm surprised that, in that you would even know who the team from Wisconsin... I would be at a loss. For for the Wisconsin team? Yeah. The, the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, famously Sarah's the home of Simone team? Biles' husband. Right. The catch? I actually still who don't know, know who his she name, is. and I refuse to commit it to memory because of principle. <laughs> I, his name is I've, Jonathan, but... Um, I won't remember that. Yeah, well... Taylor Thomas... 
Jonathan Taylor Thomas Biles. There actually is a running back in the NFL named Jonathan Taylor, and one of my favorite college football podcasts calls him Jonathan Taylor Tailback, which I always think is uh-huh. really funny. Sorry, funny. what I was going to say is I'm not like the biggest, biggest passionate NFL fan, but in the Super Bowl environment, it kind of overwhelms you and you sort of feel like, wow, this is such a spectacle. Like it's this such is a th- movement. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's this happens sort of, I mean, to it's me a, it's anywhere American I go. Culture. Yeah, I mean, I could I could be at at anything, and I become obviously I get sucked in immediately totally. to whatever it is. Yeah. I, Wait, Sarah, I'm curious. How much of the stadium felt like it was just simply Taylor Swift fans? Like, d- was that palpable? No, almost none. Oh, that's great. That makes me happy for the boys. Well, they got to have their moment. I mean, the Super Bowl isn't like. If you're a big Taylor Swift fan, like just looking at her distantly in a suite where you can barely see her is not what you should be spending money on. And by the way, the Super Bowl tickets are a lot more than you're ever going to pay to go to a Taylor Swift concert. You might as well go to the concert. Like most people were paying like eight grand on resale, nine grand for a ticket, one ticket. The lowest, the cheapest face value ticket. It was like $1,500, which is what a lot of people were getting Taylor Swift on resale for concert. You might as well just go to the concert at that point is my point if you're a fan of her. Like, you need to be really into the football (laughs) to pay for the Super Bowl. And Ashley, Sarah told me yesterday, like, the suites, they're $2.5 million. Yeah, the suites were going for $2.5 million. Wow. That's so many It's kind of gross. The NFL is, like the Darth Vader Darth Vader Death Star to me like an evil empire that just has so much money but wouldn't it just be nice to have some of it like can I just have a little bit of the NFL a little sliver. Money? I just want yeah, a little I bit think of it there's a lot of potential in the NFL to do good with that kind of money and power um, but it also scares me as like this late stage capitalism thing of mm-hmm. wow this is it's scary how much money is in this machine that's true. It's scary to me that Jesus can afford commercials. Okay, the oh, yeah. Scientology well, he commercials. Because he doesn't have to pay any taxes. Well, that's true. Yes, he's been saving up for a long time. Well, for a few simply Super by Bowls. avoiding taxes <laughs> yeah. to just demonstrate that you should help your friend wash their dirty, nasty feet. Right, and for the small cost of uh, somewhere around twenty million dollars, I can remind soul. you that. The Scientology commercials did scare me the most. I felt like... Wait, I don't know if I saw the Scientology... I was actually like like reading a book during the Super Bowl, so I only caught like bits and pieces. Well, (laughs) the the commercials were like, have you ever been a little bit curious about Scientology? Scientology Scientology.com. And then it was just like these people like walking into the building. And then there was like this like arrow, like it looked like a scale, but it just was like test pass or fail like it was just very it was very scary i could it was feel Scientology. Well, Scientology is scary yeah i could feel leah remini getting upset which like i said I, something for everyone on the super bowl broadcast right. exactly including <laughs> i feel like a beyond new beyonce album announcement blessed we love oh, yeah, that I'm was great so excited also i'm kind of obsessed with the nickelodeon nfl oh, broadcasts like the yeah. stuff they're doing cute is so funny and just 
it's genius to do that. I, I love I mean, that they're, as a they're concept. converting them early, which also does kind of make the NFL seem even scarier when you think about it because they're indoctrinating totally. children 100%. into the church of NFL. This is what I'm saying. But it's smart. It's a complete but Sandy Cheeks yeah. on the sideline. I mean, wait, I saw a not tweet even Andrea Joyce Sandy can do that. Che- I saw a tweet that had Sandy. I saw two tweets about Sandy Cheeks on the sideline because I didn't watch any of the TV broadcasts because I was there. So I just had to rely on the internet to tell me what I needed to know. And mm-hmm. I saw two important tweets about Sandy Cheeks on the sideline. One of them was a photo of her on the sideline that just said women in sports. <laughs> Exclamation mark. <laughs> and one of them was a tweet that said, girl, take off your helmet. This is your homeland. Because <laughs> you're on land. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot that yeah, she still was funny. in the astronaut suit from being underwater. This is your homeland. <laughs> oh, that is very funny. I don't know. Maybe she has weak lungs from being submerged for so long. Maybe. So she needs to be in like a pressure chamber now. Women yeah. in sports. It's just Women a photo. It's like Maria Taylor, Tara Lipinski, Sandy Cheeks. Yeah, my friend who was with me at the Super Bowl working with me was like trying to set up her phone to take a time-lapse video of the conversion of the stadium from when halftime starts to when they set up the whole setup. And she's mm-hmm. like putting her phone, she's like leaning it again. We could not figure out a solution to just have the phone stay where it was. Ultimately, she like put two water bottles on either side of the phone to lean it up against. And I just said, women in STEM. leave it to a woman she'll figure it out she will work it out even if it takes two aquafina waters yeah sometimes that all it takes and she and she she will actually what they had at the stadium was mostly gatorade water which is so funny because it's literally just it's water right but it's gatorade it just has the gatorade logo on it but gatorade's selling water now um that's really good to know um, so, you know, we talked about answering a few fan questions, um, mm. in this episode last, uh, last week. And, um, I just, I have one really important one that I'd really love to share. Cause to me, this is important. It says, so I'm just going to say, it took me a long time to warm up to Adam skating because his curly mop hair reminded me of Justin Timberlake. And I was still mad at him for what he said about Britney. Since Adam cut his hair, I became a fan. And now that I can hear just his voice and not see him at all, I'm a huge fan. Long live <laughs> Adam Rippon. Long live. And I actually want to thank the medium of podcast <laughs> for kind of taking away um, the, the visual component of who I am because it obviously has a visceral effect on some of our listeners. <laughs> and I'm excited that... Um, they can move forward in a way where the the just the picture of me triggers them, and so I'm excited for that. And You've long got a face live for radio. Adam Rippon, and you have a voice for a nightmare. <laughs> and you're actually sitting here in a full head of curls, and they would have no idea, and they won't have a visceral reaction to you. Yeah, no one it's knows scary. what you what you're looking like right now. No, I look like Ice Spice. I have a head full of curls. I look like I'm um, auditioning for the off-Broadway Annie. And I'm going to get the job. The Ice Spice tweets were really good this weekend. Ice Spice looking like she had no clue, let alone any real interest in what was going on in the football game was she had no idea. really pleasing to me. <laughs> she had absolutely no idea. She was there to wear bodycon from Balenciaga and to sit in a booth. 
Also, the best and part- And to break Lana Del Rey's arm. Arm. Oh my god! Wait, did you see this, Ashley? There's like, like, yes. like when everybody's like cheering, and yes. then like Lana tumbles over, and then like the next day we see Lana posting an, an Instagram of her with a broken arm. <laughs> Football is dangerous, Sports, everyone. Getcha. No, that's why I can't do a giant event like that. That's too scary. I don't want to break an arm. People are too feral. They are sports. Sports. Um. We have a couple other submissions. Uh, let me pull up my doc really quickly. Uh, Adam, someone messaged you about Raphael being absent. Yes. Asking if he's okay. He's fine. Yeah. And you know what? This is real. I think um, when we were like kind of at the end of our career, Raphael was always talking Trying about to wanting to retire. And I think that with like Nathan, like, winning the olympics and after that second olympic cycle he does a lot of work with a lot of skaters just kind of behind the scenes now like he never was a good traveler he did not like traveling he did not love going to competitions um so i think he was more than happy to give that responsibility to people's second coaches and so to his wife right (laughs) and to the parents of his (laughs) current students oh you are taught by your dad great he's also going to yes he's also going to travel to um shanghai with you um and so yeah he's fine he just doesn't like traveling for competitions and the number of times that i had to beg him to go to a competition not because he was being bad but just because he was like i'm I'm good. You don't need me to go, right? And I'm like, <laughs> you've been my primary coach for four years. You have to go. Well, he was scarred yeah. forever after Adam told him he wouldn't need a visa to get into China. And then they got to China and he did need one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That didn't scar him. It, it That scar took a long time to see the effects of. But it did. I think we fully saw the effects um, in probably april of 2022 when he went i'm no longer going to take a trip thank you (laughs) very much but i had Um, a student that told me that i didn't need a visa now i can't trust anyone that's where his trust issues came from yeah from me Uh, uh simply becky wants to know what warhorse would we want to ban I don't know. Do you, Sarah or Ashley, have a a piece of music that you'd want to ban? I'm really sick of hearing Phantom of the Opera. I have a hot take that um, every time I hear somebody's going to do a war horse, um, eyes are rolled. But then I watch it and I go, damn, I love this music. I just don't every, like the music from Phantom of the Opera. That's every what piece. it is. I think I'm, I agree with if you. I, if I had to, though, mine would be Bolero. Mm. Oh, but I love Bolero programs. Oh, we know. And you love to sing Bolero to us <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, I don't know if this one counts as a war horse, but it's a song that I have heard enough times to be tired of it is Feeling Good. I was just, I was just about to say, correct myself. Yes. Yes. I can't. That does I just I, I don't want it anymore. Michael Bublé needs to go away. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with him. As it as it stands in real life, I don't particularly care for Michael Bublé. And let me just say, that is not because I think he's untalented. There's something too perfect about the voice that almost mm-hmm. unnerves me. It's, it's, it's too smooth. It feels sinister. 
to be yeah. that you know clean. I also, I also think, Sarah, it's because Starbucks only plays Michael Bublé soundtracks. And for the amount of time that you spend going to Starbucks, you've actually heard more Michael Bublé than any of us have. <laughs> and so I think it's no, it's like in your subconscious mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, maybe true. It narrates your morning. Yeah, maybe true. I yeah. You've never, you you haven't really considered buy your subconscious a CD at Starbucks. That's Michael Bublé. I could also stand to hear a little less of Woodkid. Um, which again, mm-hmm. not like what we would consider classic war horses, but mm-hmm. I've, and it does work sometimes. I just feel like I'm seeing maybe a little too much of it. It's a fad in the men's event in particular. Yeah. I mean, there's some definitely modern day war horses that like, um, I would say exogenesis is a modern day war horse. Um, I would say Feeling Good by Michael Buble is your modern day war horse. Um, for a minute, Moulin Skyfall Rouge. was Moulin Rouge. Yeah. These are your modern day war horses. Yeah. And so that's why when I think of like, you know what? I kind of would like to see a Swan Lake or a Carmen. I would love to see like, Luna skate to Carmen. I mean, I, I love that? some of the classics. Like Nessun Dorma gets me yeah, every me freaking too. time. Every wow. time. That's another one. And I know some like. people don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley doesn't like that music. Like, I think How that's crazy. Like that? I love Ness and Dorma. I think it's, it's beautiful. Like, <laughs> you think it's what? Meh. So <laughs> <laughs> so. What? That's it's not true. That's not that's true. I know that that sounds insane. I know that it sounds insane. It's just not my taste. I get it. No, that's, I get it. No, like, that's there fair. are some war horses that I just, I'm always going to enjoy. I know I'm always going to enjoy them. That's one of them for sure. Yeah. Carmen, I'm a whore for Carmen. I love <laughs> Carmen. I love Swan Lake. Um, I love the Nutcracker. God. Oh, me too. Especially when a pair team goes out and skates to the Nutcracker. Oh. Yeah. I, love I like Shahrazad okay. ballet. Yeah, she me too. See, this, these are like, and also I think because we've had a lot of programs with lyrics, as soon as that rule was changed, that a lot of these like war horsey pieces you don't see very often anymore. So it's almost like I'd welcome one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them, yeah, I would welcome hearing um, because we, yeah, we do get we do get less of it. We do. Um, That's a good point. I'm trying to think what else like all the kids are doing. Oh, you know what I don't love. <laughs> It can be done well, but I think it's all often done not. Is Papa? Can you hear me? That, oh, it's like a junior lady, or like it's their first year senior. Yeah. Like I think mm-hmm. that is it's it's a really lovely piece of music, but I think a lot of times the the skaters who do it have trouble doing it justice. Right. Is well, it because, because they're, they're not talking, sad enough. Well, yeah, because they're thinking they're of like Papa. Enough, a can lot you of times. hear me? Because you're yeah. on the phone with work, not like. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead in the movie Yentl. Right, right. They're thinking of just like a father who's a little distant, not like distant <laughs> yeah. in the way that he's no longer on this. Right, plane. like distant, like he's wearing AirPods. Right. Oh, okay. This is not a war horse. This is a genre. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about this a little before on oh, the podcast, yes. but like the dirge genre mm-hmm. of like. The, you know, let me get some like sort of emo cover of Seven Nation Army. No. Yes. I'm over that. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. It always is Seven Nation Army, too. <laughs> it's Seven Nation it Army is. a like, lot really of the is. time. <laughs> I've heard that more than I should have in my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, another cover I heard way too many times was California Dreamin'. Like, mm. piano version. I'm like, what? No. Don't. If you heard it in an elevator, you shouldn't go, all right, I'm sending it to the editor. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know what? I have a I have a hot take that I shouldn't say on this pod, but I'm going to. And you're the only exception, Adam, but okay. Beatles programs. Oh, okay. I disagree. You're the exception for me, but I feel like... It's because of the songs that you used and the way that you used it, I could like it. I don't know what it is about Beatles programs I that think, I don't like. I think... Go ahead. And I don't know if we're thinking the same thing, Ashley. But I think that a lot of Beatles music is too simple for yes. skating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the Beatles are are so famous and had such an impact in part because the music is so basic i don't mean that as a as a yeah negative easy to follow along it's like Mm -hmm. it was able to connect with everyone right but it's it's so Mm -hmm. simple and a lot of it like lacks the like ups and downs in like tempo and depth Mm -hmm. that you need for a skating program i think so you need to have just the right medley to make it work yes and it has to be a medley like yes i think one Beatles song just doesn't really paint a great story yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Me commenting on the Beatles, I'm like, you could have done a better job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overrated. Well, I actually do think the Beatles are overrated, but I, but I, I actually do too. I but. think their impact is appropriately rated. Like their impact on music is appropriately rated. Mm-hmm. I just think the music itself is a little overrated. But of the when you think about like of the time, mm-hmm. groundbreaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are we are thinking of the time, and we're thinking about the time, and for it, and against it sometimes. And speaking of the time, I have to go feed my child. <laughs> so those are the two mailbag items that we did. Um, well, we will we do got more. A we carried have, away. We will do more because we have all this. We have all these weeks in between now and the World Championships, yeah. where you know, there's this week got. We got a little behind on the mailbag stuff because there was so much news this week to talk about. Usher took his shirt off at the Super Bowl. We could not ignore that. Yeah, so what did you want us to do? Not talk about that? That'd be insane. Yeah, that would be insane. Your mail can wait. And But because it will wait. But it's and being we secured in a bag, it. and the bag is a Google Doc that I am creating. Right now. Um, right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we will, I think, like, you know, we'll just throw it in whenever, um, you know. Yeah, we'll do a few questions at the end as we go. Oh, but we have a guest coming up soon. We do. We do. We do. And it's sort of like a mailbag, but it's a person. Yeah. We have Kirsten Moore Towers. I didn't know if you were were not going to say it, so I talked over well yeah i can't tell if we are saying it or not <laughs> we are we have kirsten moore towers who's gonna come on and we're gonna talk some pair skating because i feel like we never talk pairs and we do need to give it its due yeah that's true and we need to pay our dues which is why we are having a professional olympic medalist. come on and speak for free yes exactly <laughs> by paying nothing congrats on your medal we can't pay you exactly but um, we appreciate you for your time. And she's I, gonna come and speak. I appreciate all of you for your time. 
Sarah and Ashley. Thank you for your time. The two listeners of this pod. <laughs> I do listen consistently to this podcast. I do too. I'm a weekly I listen listener. Consistently as well, except for um, when you're not the on Europeans it. episode, right? Because I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. on that note. We love you all. Ashley, go feed your child. Go feed Rosie. We love you. And um, um, we will see you guys next week. And we'll be here with Kristen Moore Towers. Cheers. <laughs> nice to throw a little German in there. <laughs> <laughs>